Well, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Around the House. Man, I got to tell you, I really like Ben Cathy. He's a really nice dude. Been able to do some fun stuff together. But I certainly hate it when he comes on and tells me this weekend is going to be nothing but rain, thunderstorms, and then cold. It's not the news I want to hear, and I'm sure it's not the news you want to hear either. But hey, we're up, we're at him, enjoying this beautiful day. I don't know about you, but... uh, if I wasn't here at the studio, I'd probably be laying in my bed listening to that rain pitter-patter on the roof outside, and uh, man, I'd, I'd just be snuggling. So uh, if you're snuggling and you're listening, thank you. We're glad you're here. We've got a great show lined up for you this morning. <clears throat> Again, I am your host, Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology right here in East Tennessee. Speaking of East Tennessee, it's the holiday season, and there is never a shortage of things to do here in our beautiful East Tennessee world. Unfortunately, you'll want your umbrella today. But don't miss it. The 55th annual Nativity Pageant of Knoxville kicks off today at 3 at the Civic Coliseum. You can go indoors and stay a little dry. The performance starts in darkness, so you're encouraged to arrive around 2.30 and enjoy the musical prelude. The Nativity Pageant is a free event. While you're at the Nativity Pageant, drop by the Mary Costa Plaza outside the Coliseum for the Tour Delights Holiday Market. The event begins at 3.30. The bike ride starts at 5.30, and it begins and ends at the Coliseum. It is also a free event, but you're required to pre-register if you want to ride your bike in the Tour Delights. I don't know if I'd be riding my bike today. Hey, the Vols are playing. We got basketball in town. The Fighting Illini from Illinois are here today. They're ranked in the top 20 and coming off a victory over 11th-ranked Florida Atlantic. This will be a tough matchup for our Vols. A few seats are still available, so get to the Food City Center and be loud, be proud. And if you can't make it, you can listen to the Vol Network on our sister station, WIVK. And Care Cuts of Knoxville could use your help providing warm coats, blankets, and sleeping bags for its clients. You can drop off your donations at Care Cuts at 519 William Street near Riga Square between 9 and 1 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Saturdays. Or Regions Bank on Bearden Hill is accepting donations during the weekday business hours. For info on all the holiday events happening around town, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Dot com. There's, as I said, always plenty to do. The holidays bring families together each year. This is just, well, something special about it. It may be the one time all year that you eat on the good china. It may be the one time all year that you all actually get together. If you're getting ready for guests this month, you'll want to stick around. Our experts this morning have loads of information about preparing your home for holiday gatherings. First up, is an interior designer. She's much more than an interior designer, by the way, which you'll find out. Her showroom is in Franklin Square, has all kinds of last-minute hostess gifts, items, as well as staff of professionals who can really help you glow up your home. She is the founder of Shea Design Studio. Welcome to Around the House, Shea Sieber. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. I'm so happy to have you and you know, our our, uh, our listeners this morning are in for a real treat. Um, as you and I were already starting conversations beforehand, we have lots that we can talk about. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll take it easy to start with here. So, Shay, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you 
started this venture, when you started, and uh, well, tell me what's the most important thing about what you guys do. Yeah, so we do interior design and we do uh, residential design, commercial design, uh, travel uh, design. We do a lot of outside of Knoxville as well. And then uh, we do vacation homes and second homes. So mm. uh, kind of a large range of services that we do, but all um, just surrounding beauty and function and style and also making sure that, that clients are happy with their finished product. So we have um, a huge design team. I think we're one of the largest in Knoxville, mm-hmm. where there's nine of us on our staff. Wow. And so we have uh, quite a large team, so we can handle those huge projects, and we can also take on those small projects. So uh, we do a great job. We do have uh, two spaces in Knoxville, one near downtown. That's our design showroom and our um, warehouse. And then we have Franklin Square, where homeowners can come and pick up those last minute things or come look and sit and feel all the beautiful furnishings. Wow. So when did you, when did you start your business? Well, I started 19 years ago. So, um, I, uh, started, I have a passion for construction. And so I started a lot in construction and working with contractors and Mm. there was a huge gap between homeowners and contractors to do remodeling. And, um, there, there was incredible architects, but they didn't typically want to do the kitchen, living room, you know, take down the walls. And so, um, I had enough background in construction and, and setting all the contractor codes and licensing, um, to make sure that I could come in and, and design a space that would be, um, functional for the homeowner, but also make sure that when the contractor came in, that it was all doable mm. with the mechanicals and, and all the behind the <laughs> scenes. And so it kind of became this incredible, uh, business where, we started bridging that gap and, and working with them. And then, of course, doing all the shopping and the selections. And all those are overwhelming when you're spending quite a bit of money for remodeling and you you don't know uh, what to do and you're afraid. You know, every selection's $10,000 in countertops or your cabinetry or your flooring. And so uh, we really wanted to make sure that homeowners had someone they could trust to make sure mm-hmm. that all those selections were right and when they were finished. And and that started um, this, this company and... And we have the furnishing showroom, which we do a lot of oh, wow. uh, furniture and interior design right. and rugs and window treatments and all. We, we take everything from beginning to end. So that was kind of what we, we started to started a lot in renovation. We still do quite a bit of new construction and renovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we still do those small, like, I just want a new living room or I want a new dining room space. Wow, that's awesome. Well, in, in you've definitely filled filled that that little niche area because there is huge gaps especially when you talk remodel and new construction between the build process the architect and then and then what that finished product looks like i mean i i came from i was an auto mechanic and then i started in, in telecommunications and we always used to joke about that we were they called us field engineers and we would say well that's for a reason because they engineer it on paper, but they don't think about what's going to happen in practical world. Mm -hmm. They don't think about what this is going to turn into. And, and we would always run into, uh, back in my telecom days in particular, you would have what was called a cable rack and all the cabling would run on this, this ladder rack. And then when we came, when fiber optics came out, you would have to have a special tray for fiber optics. And, and it happened every job we went to, the cable rack and the fiber tray would end up running into each other because the two different architects didn't talk or communicate mm-hmm. and they didn't even look at the other designs. And and so as we were talking before the show started this morning, we run into that all the time. 
Yep. I, I love working with designers. The problem we run into a lot is we have designers that they just work with the customer and tell the customer, this is what we need done. And, and then there's no further communication. And I know that's been a huge part of your business is that your contractors that you work with understand that and you've helped them to understand that. So when clients move in that home after a remodel or that new construction, they move in and it's, I mean, the load is lifted and it's like the, oh, you know, we're here. And that's so amazing. There's thousands of selections, you know, especially if you're doing new construction. You've got bricks, soffit, fascia, guttering, you know, stone, all of those exterior. And then you have all your interior. And they're not thinking about where the security system's going to go right. or if their windows are wired for wireless shades uh, ahead of time. Or, you know, where's my outlets in my kitchen? And so all those small, minute mm-hmm. details, they matter. And and having one person that is in the center of everything that that yeah. does have communication with the contractor, communication with the trades. And yeah. I did an electrical walkthrough last week and worked with plumbers on exactly where the bathtub had to be, you know. And and so sometimes those little details are laying out your lighting, your task lighting, and then your ambient lighting. You know, yeah. all those things matter in the end. But a lot of clients don't have the experience to think of those things. So. Yeah. That's where we're we're an asset to come in and make sure we walk with them to make sure they love it. That and there is no doubt to that. There is so much that goes into that. Um, hey, unfortunately, we are up to our first break already. See, I told you, it's, time is just going to fly. Uh, I love talking things, new construction, and, of course, technology. So we're going to have a blast with that. Uh, but there is so much more that Shay and her team does. So we, we just definitely want to make sure we get there. If you have questions for Shay or anything that's related to technology, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. That's 865-656. 656-8255. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology. And, uh, well... You know, y'all know I love talking about technology, and we're we're talking about it in a little different way today. I have Shea Sieber here from Shea Design Studio. She is an interior designer. Uh, her and her m- magnificent team have done a multitude of homes and businesses here in our area. So, Shay, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, for our listeners, what's the best way that they can contact you and your team? Absolutely. Well, we have an awesome website and it's shadesigns.com. So you can go there and you can see all of our portfolio. It talks a lot about our process. It's got a get started button at the top, right? So if you're just interested and you're, you just want more information about us, you can click that. That goes right to our designers. That'll get it to you. We also are at 865-313-2656. Um, and, of course, come by the showroom at, at Franklin Square. It's stunning right now. They decorate so well for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And and so it's a beautiful showroom, and we're open uh, Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. There you go. Well, you know, you mentioned it. It's decorated beautiful for Christmas. And, and I know that I'm sure you get tons of calls of people who want you to come and decorate their home for Christmas. But it's not really what you guys do. And, and so you're you're the part that you guys can help fulfill is is how do i arrange how am i ready to be decorated for christmas 
right? Where are my furnishings go? I have the whole family coming in. My couch is worn out. So walk us through a little bit of how that process works for somebody who maybe has that panic going on right now. Yes, absolutely. So you, typically, you know, your mother-in-law's coming or your family's coming and you notice, you know, a couple weeks before Christmas that your sofa or your furnishings are, are tired, they're worn, they've lived their best mm-hmm. life. And and so typically clients will call us, we will come and do a consult with them, talk over their layout, we'll do measurements. We typically do a floor plan for everyone oh, so wow. that they see scale and how many people mm-hmm. they can sit. Uh, we design for pets. And so there's, there's performance oh, wow. fabrics for those kids that are wild and grandkids that are wild. And then there's 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 upholstery that we want to talk about. What are you getting and how is it going to hold up and longevity? Uh, we go through all of that in function and we have a large warehouse. So we have lots of furnishings in stock that we've either custom ordered and they're beautiful or that we can get for your space. And uh, and then we, we furnish it. So we have our own install team that will come in and, and set up everything for you. And one of our designers are typically there for that, that install. And we have... Um, Connections with art, hanging art. We have our own drapery workroom to make all of our draperies. So um, it's it's possible to get a lot of things done before Christmas and feel like you have that great space. And men, if you have not shopped for your wife and you have no idea what to do, we can help you with that too. Here you go. There's the perfect place to go. Yes. <laughs> go visit Shay and her team. You can, <clears throat> you know, that the saying is so true. Happy wife, happy life. There's Absolutely. no doubt about that one. <laughs> So, Shay, you had mentioned earlier um, when we first got on air about some of the services that you work in. So, uh, obviously, residential is big. Um, You also do commercial. But I want to let's talk about some of these rentals in these these second homes. Obviously, when if it's somebody's second home, their vacation home here, then the decoration is going to be a little different as if it's a second home that they're using for VRBO or for rentals. So just what are some of the big nuances and differences that you have there? Because obviously we still want the style. We still want it to look awesome. But the budget, I'm sure, is a little different. It is. It's very different. And the function's very different. So a lot of times when we're doing the second homes or the VRBOs, we really want to make sure that the textures are going to hold up so that if mm. someone goes to bed late and leaves a cup on the coffee table, it's not, you know, got the white ring, right. you know, it's ruined. And so we really want to make sure we do pieces that are going to be um, really functional for the design. But mm. we also know that that the income comes in those that look good. Right. And so I know when I'm I'm looking for something, I want to go stay somewhere fantastic. Mm. And, and so one of the things we really try to do is make sure that that it's aesthetically pleasing. So you get those bookings. So you get that income that you want. And then when they get there, they're not disappointed that it looks fantastic in photos and then (laughs) things are worn and tattered. And so we really make sure that we use a, we, we go between um, contract grade, commercial grade and residential grade. And because we have the luxury of doing both design styles, Hmm. we're able to really integrate that so that you have something. And then, yeah, you don't want to pay a lot of money because you, this is an investment. Right. And so uh, a lot of times it's where do we spend a little more of our budget and then where can we cut, you know, we do the bedding for them. We just finished, um, I think three cabins this year where we had to furnish entire cabins that slept over 20 people. And so how do we get enough beds? How do we get enough, you know, bedding and how can we make things comfortable, but yet, you know, still be be aware of the budget there so i can only imagine that i'm just again i'm just completely speculating here but if i was a designer and i had one of these big 20 room 16 room cabins 
That would almost be like heaven because I, I can just see that each room becomes its own little project along the way. It does. How, how fun does. would that be? It is fun. And, you know, a large part of that's overwhelming for the homeowner. You know, they're an investor. Oh, gosh, they want to yeah. make the return. But this is just overwhelming. And where does the art go? And every bathroom and the details. And so that's where our team is really good about making sure that we have a presentation that mm. you can always see everything you've selected. Yeah. Um, and you can access it from your cell phone anytime you want to. And as we update, it updates. And so that's the great thing about our system. But, yeah, being able to say... Here's the whole space, mm-hmm. and here's the vision for the whole space. And yeah. a lot of those uh, cabins, they're not looking for the the bears and the, kind of the rustic look anymore. They want something right. that's a little more of like a ski lodge and a yeah. little Scandinavian. And so, how can we integrate a little bit more of that luxury style, you know, for the for the return? Yeah. Well, and and as building a house within the past five years myself, one of the things that that I learned, and I mean, I've kind of already are always known. But what's really cool about it is that you can come in and you can customize the individual spaces mm-hmm. and and your cost is really no different. You're just using different materials or maybe different colors. I mean, I've got two beautiful young girls and, you know, their rooms got their its own special treatment, its own special touch. And the only difference was, is it was a different can of paint, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and maybe a little different material. And so I think a lot of times people don't realize, they yeah. don't realize how customized you can make individual spaces without really sacrificing budget. You know, there uh, obviously for you guys, there's, there's going to be a little design time in it, but you're already designing that room, you know? Yeah. And the most expensive purchase is the one you purchase twice. So I tell oh, homeowners, yeah. If you're going to go and look at, at large box stores and kind of see things, but it's, you know, three pieces of the same and all the side tables match and your bedside tables match, you're not going to get that incredible Pinterest look you're looking for because those are not, that's not where you go. You really have to think about this doesn't have to match this and this. And ha- and how can we just have a cohesive design style where everything speaks to the the story we're trying to create? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't cost typically any more than your designer's time to do that. And it's going to look lovely. And you're going to like it for a lot longer than if you try to do it yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know my girls love the, they love the the, the layout of their rooms. And of course, you know, they're girls. So yeah. they, the room dimensionally has to be the same. I, there couldn't be any one better than the other. No. But, you know, having having that, that own separate, the, the own special paint for their rooms and their bathrooms. And, you know, just knowing that, for them, knowing that this space was created for them and designed for them, it, and again, it, it didn't cost us any more to choose a different countertop to put in there mm-hmm. versus what we put somewhere else in a house. And so I think a lot of times that gets overlooked. I, I think we're like, ah, you know, oh, no, it's going to, I don't, we're budget, you know, the budget's too close and, and all that. So uh, I, I think it's very important for people to understand about that's why it's so important to work with a professional, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And some, some homeowners have incredible style. They yeah. just don't have the resources. So they have a right. great vision and, and they can, they can do that. But a lot of our homeowners, they buy and return and buy and return, or they get frustrated because they go to 16 places and all the salespeople give them ideas and none of those ideas are cohesive with each other. And so I think it's just having that person that says, here's our overall vision and here's how every little piece is going to fit into that. And yeah, it, it just, it does, it does really bring a lot of 
of just vision together, you know. Yeah, it, uh, it and that's that's what's important. I mean, obviously, having a staff as you do, you have so many different skill points and and different ideas, and and that's what's amazing, right? Because when a client comes to you, they can bring their ideas. You can throw it into your team, and as the team works together collectively, you can come up everybody's going to have their own ideas and they're kind of like our business. We all have our own ways of getting there. Mm-hmm. And, and along that journey is when you normally find the magic. I think so too, because TV has made it to where people think designers going to do what they want with your money. And that's not at all the case. You know, our clients, if we want them to be happy, we really say, what is your vision and what's your function? And then if we present them with ideas that really fit that, and then when it's finished, they absolutely, like my favorite thing is when they wake up and go, it's perfect. Like, I absolutely love it. And that's when you know you've done the best mm-hmm. job. But it does, you know, having a team works well because we do have those different skill sets. But we work a lot as a team and we go over almost every project together. And so even if if our design team has different projects, we're all going to sit down and kind of have a round table and go, Mm -hmm. how can we service this customer the best and make sure they get everything that they want? Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's the end goal, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure the client is happy. So speaking of clients, I know uh, this problem occurs frequently in, in my household and that is determining my design style or, or, you know, what is that? How, how do you how do you pull that information out? I mean, you, you've got to be practically almost a psychiatrist to be able to get this information. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I feel like a counselor half the time because typically there there's there's couples or there's multiple buyers and and everyone has a different design style individually. And then they have a vision of what they want and sometimes what they say they want doesn't line up. And so we try to get a couple of inspiration pictures of how how this would make them feel. Mm. And then sometimes we're we're going to sit them down if they have no design style and say, okay, what's the architecture of the home? You know, you're not going to put a bunch of contemporary furnishings in a home that has a colonial, right. you know, design style. And so we're going to really engage the the structure itself and making sure that it's cohesive throughout the space. Um, but helping homeowners really get a vision of what are the colors that inspire you? What are the textures that inspire you? And then usually function. I I always feel like Aesthetics are so important, but function is more important because Mm. if it looks good and it doesn't function well or feel well or hold up, then you're not going to love it. And so, Mm. you know, if you have a football team on your house on Friday nights, I'm going to do different fabrics and furnishings for you than I would someone who has no children, no pets. And so I think like uh, that comes down to to making sure we get their design style um, and if not creating one for them that's going to work and that they're going to like. And and we show clients a lot of things. And I tell people, I'm not going to cry. I will cry over other things, but not design. <laughs> and so if you don't love it, you just say, I don't even know why. You don't have to have an excuse. Sometimes right. something just doesn't inspire you. You have no idea. So I always give clients the liberty to say, no, I just don't like it. And then we go to another option until something feels exactly right. Yeah. And, and I for me because i'm horrible like that right if somebody asked me what my style was i I couldn't tell you Mm -hmm. but i can look at it and i can tell you i like that or i don't like that and and so that's i i mean i i don't envy you at all at that part of the job because it is i mean it is so difficult you know and and then when you have husbands and wives and and families and there's so many so many different ideals in that mix Mm -hmm. and now now it's 
how do we find something that makes everybody happy? And so that's where you guys with the software that you have available that you use to do these 3D designs and and kind of put it all right there. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. So, um, hey, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're, we're going to talk about the, some finishing touches mm-hmm. and, uh, and then we are, uh, we're just going to jump off script and do what I want to do because I want to talk it. about some of this awesome. I want to talk about some of the new construction remodel pitfalls that people go through. Um, we're, you know, we're getting ready after the holidays. We're going to see remodel pick back up as we normally do in the spring. And so maybe you're getting ready to remodel and maybe you need some ideas. Maybe you need a helping hand. If you've got questions, comments, give us a call, 865-656-8255. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Richie, after... After listening to Ben Kathy this morning, I, I might just start calling him Bad News Ben. <laughs> I'll have to let him know that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We we really did need some rain. So uh, I just, you know, I'm selfish. I, yeah. I just like beautiful weather. That's all I want. I like beautiful weather. But maybe you're inside and you just like to have a beautiful home. And maybe you're thinking, man. I wish this place was was decorated. I wish the style was different. I wish it could have a facelift. Well, guess what? You're in luck because the person you need to call is sitting right across the mic from me. Her name is Shay Sieber, and she is the founder of Shay Design Studios. You can find them online at shaydesigns.com or give them a call, 865-313-2656. Or you can visit their showroom over in Franklin Square, uh, they got all kinds of goodies around. It's decorated for the holidays. But uh, anyway, Shay, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, I, I always, I, I really, I like design. I like design and I, I like style and pizzazz. I like putting it together because to me, I love having to use my brain and my creativity to think through things to kind of make them, you know, come out the way I want them to. Uh, I, I will, I did some remodel our old house and my wife was always amazed at it, my wild ideas and somehow or another, they would always come together in the end. And I, I, I just call it luck, but you know, Hey, if you're creative, you're creative, that. you know, there's so many talented, creative, you know, clients. And I love working with creative people because when you get both together, you know, the camaraderie brings such a great design style. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with a gentleman right now, and uh, I, I wanted to I, I wanted to put a new sign in my office. And this gentleman, he does metal work, and he does some of the most amazing work. I've seen some of his work. And we sat down, and he was like, well, what's your style? What you want to do? And, and I'm like, John, I, I here's the box, okay? Here's the box. I want you to go as far out of that stinking box as you can get. Well, you... You think it, you dream it, you you have your client in front of you now that is saying, John, whatever that crazy idea is that you've been wanting to do forever, now's the time to give it a try. You're the best client because <laughs> when that happens, a lot of people ask me, what are your best designs? And those are the designs where you put less filters on us and yeah. you say, here's some freedom, here's some, 
you know, here's do what do what you do. And that is so much fun. And then there's also things that are sentimental that we need to keep in the design that 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 matter or been passed down that we need to keep those pieces in the space. But it's wonderful when you let us just integrate and go. Yeah, it, I, I mean, it really is. I mean, that's uh, again, that's truly the the epitome of the statement. Turn it over to the professionals. Um, but but again, I, I think just like with me, when we have some of the creative creative liberties in in doing design work for our clients when they're building their homes, we come up with some amazing concepts and some amazing ideas that just work right. Mm-hmm. They're just very functional. So, um, all right. So I do want to talk a, a little bit about. So we have a home. Maybe we just need some sprucing up. Maybe there's some little tidy things we can do. Change a rug, change of this, change of that. What are some of the top items that we can do just to kind of change that cozy and change that that look of, of those rooms that spruce up? Art, I would say, is one of the most difficult things that, that customers have a difficulty with and scale. And our homes have gotten bigger, but a lot of clients haven't upgraded the size of their art. And so... Oh. Uh, we have a showroom full of art that you can bring in and so many different stylings of art. But I think that's one of the big ways of just instead of maybe having a wall full of, you know, 15 items and a collage, you could just have one oversized piece that that makes the statement. It feels fresh and new and it has the colors that are inspiring. If you if you have a, a neutral space and you're feeling like it's just boring or it's it's over, just you need something. That's a great way, I would say, to do that. Accessories. Um I tell a lot of clients, you need greenery. You need artificial greenery if you cannot keep plants alive. Um, I'm one of those that I I love to design, but nothing lives around me. And so, you know, we do a really fantastic job with accessories and and bringing those in. And our showroom staff is fantastic at helping. We have um, some design students that are in there that that can help you with that. And um, just an awesome just visual of what can we add to this space? If you bring a picture in of your your buffet or your credenza and you're like, we just need some... I need some love. Those are quick, easy ways. Rugs always make a huge difference. Um, and then if you need that last minute sofa or chair, we've always got tons of that in the warehouse. And um, we keep a lot of things ordered ahead of time because they take mm. quite a, they can take a minute for, <laughs> you know, it's not expensive. It just takes four or five months to have a, a custom fabric or yeah. a custom piece. So it's not any more money. It's just fantastic. And so we pre-order a lot of amazing things and, and you can kind of view that in our studio too. come in and see like, what's your inventory. Right. Well, and, and that's really, that's one of the amazing things about you guys, right? Is that you, you already, you know what the trends are. You, you know, what's hot right now. And, and so you're preparing for that in a way that you're able to just to be more helpful to your clients, because let's face it, we all end up in the shoot I need to do this and I need mm-hmm. to do it now. Uh, I meant to do this six months ago, but I forgot. Yep. And, and so it happens. Uh, so I, I want to talk a little bit about lighting. Mm-hmm. Lighting is, uh, well, lighting has changed a lot and there's a lot of things that can be done now with lighting. So talk, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you guys do with lighting and and how you perceive lighting now in design versus obviously how you used to, to perceive it well I think a lot of people have purchased a home where it was just the standard we're going to use the same fixture same styling through the whole house same color same finish and they feel like again that and and a lot of times they're undersized and mm-hmm. so I feel like one of the great things we do is um furnishing lighting and so it's not just your big name brands we bring in 
tons of vendors, but they're specific pieces. And so a quick lighting change is a really easy way to get a, an update. And if you have a dark room hmm. um, or if you're not using your fan in your space, take it out and do an incredible chandelier. Wow. Um, if you are, um, if you have a beautiful living room and you're just not feeling like it has a lot of style, it's a great way to change it up. And I, I always recommend, I was doing a new construction this week and their, their pantry isn't big, but it's, it, it needs four light bulbs. And so I just said our fixture has to have between, you know, three and six light bulbs in the space. And we can change the lumens and you can change the color temperature. Um, I'm a big fan of 3,700 to 4,000. So when you're buying light mm. bulbs, there's your designer tip of the day. <laughs> Do not make it look blue and don't make it look too yellow. There's, right. a, there's a happy medium there. Um, but, yeah, changing out those quick fixtures there. They're great ways and, and getting something unique. You do not have to match all of the lighting in the house does not have to be consistent. Um, and it's like the jewelry of the home. So mm, I feel like you can have right. a fantastic outfit, but if you don't have great accessories, you know, or you can have a black outfit that's pretty, you know, just plain, but put in some accessories and all of a sudden you're, you're stylish. And so lighting is a great way to do that. And we have lots and lots of chandeliers and lighting and wall sconces in our showroom. Well, and you're right. It is. It's it's somewhat the the jewelry of the outfit, mm-hmm. and you know if you obviously the parade of homes was in October this past year, and of course it's it's October every year. So, but if you went through some of these homes during the parade of homes, what you will identify is just that, right? The lighting fixtures are kind of the jewelry, but when you go into these homes. There may be one style of decor in one area of the home, and then those lighting fixtures are a little different in different areas of the home. And to me, I mean, again, that's just that's just customizing the space, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a lighting fixture is a lighting fixture. Yes, they all range in different prices, but if I like if I like item one, and and I want to change in another room to item number five. Usually they're about the same price. Yeah, you're just changing the item, and at that point you're now customizing and creating that own separate space, which is to me, I, I yes, there's a there is a great feel of cohesiveness, mm-hmm. but at the same time I want cohesive with with personality, right? Right? You exactly. know what I mean? And and a lot of you know in the parade home that we did in North Shore Town Center, we did. Lots of different colors of lighting in that space. I mean, I had champagne bronze and black and um, matte black. And then even some of our um, fixtures were more textural in fixtures and a lot of glass. And so I think like being able to say, okay, this is the right and put a dimmer switch on it. It's a simple mm. thing that if you're like in the living room when I'm watching my TV, I want to have mood lighting. So just right. lower that lighting down. And all of our light fixtures are are capable to go with a dimmer switch. And so that's a great way to get light when you're cleaning and you're entertaining. You want things bright or a day like today when things are dreary, your inside doesn't have to be. And, mm-hmm. and you can do that with your your dimmer. Yeah, you're right. I, I am. I love dimmers. Uh, of course, you know, I love automating. So it, it just mm-hmm. works for me. Right. But I, like me, I'm not. I don't like overhead light. I just don't. But it's a necessity. You have to have it. You do. And so in in our living room in particular, uh, I, I of course, it didn't come when the house was built, but I put a dimmer on those overheads. And so now I can adjust those overheads and through the appropriate lumens that I have, the appropriate color that I have, now it's comfortable. I get some light 
and it's more like an ambient light mm -hmm. and and then it's not so overpowering and isn't doesn't bother me as as it does when it just comes on and it's blaring full brightness you know so a dimmer is such a functional part of different areas of your home mm. um I, I will again being a big fan of dimmers just like our stairway sconce uh, my sconce lights on that stairway that during, you know, when they need to come on and be full brightness, they're on. But at night, I automatically have that built through my scene with my system that they run at about 12%. And it just gives, instead of having stairway LEDs, I've got those sconces on it. It provides just enough low-level light that if my kids need to walk down the stairs in the middle of the night or if I need to walk up the stairs... There's some light, and I ain't going to worry about tripping down the stairs. Yeah. You know? And, and again, it's just that dimmer gives you that functionality. It so. does. It makes all the difference. Well, uh, we're going to take a break. And if you've got questions, comments for Shay or myself, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House on News Talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. If you've been listening with us this morning, I have Shay Sieber in the house from Shay Design Studios. And, well, I, I've just had a lot of fun because, I don't know, I'm I'm a creative kind of thinker, so I like design. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Um, and and I think it's so paramount to having a successful home and, and having things be successful around you, whether it's your business, whether it's your home. Maybe it's your vacation home, or maybe it's just your VRBO that you're renting out. Um, Shay and her team can help provide you with, well, all the design answers that you need, help this thing be functional and long-lasting, whether it's your personal space or maybe it's a rental, whatever it is. You can find them online at shaydesigns.com. That's S-H-A-E designs.com. Or give them a call at 865 313 Five six, Shay. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. I just this is I, I just had a great time. I just have. It's been fun, even early. It's been fun. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I get up early anyway, so I guess that's why I'm ready. Um, all right. So you, we've got a little short bit of time in this last segment. One question that I wanted to ask you, and I know I told you to tell us everything that you need to tell us, but, uh trends what what's the latest trend right now as we look in this total design concept yeah i think one of the biggest trends that we're seeing is that um kind of the neutrals are leaving in a sense and that people have gone to this all white or all cream space and it didn't hold up the, or it didn't give them the uh impact that the mm. that the photography did and and so they feel like they're lacking visual interest and so we're seeing clients really go into um multiple pieces and so being able to have different different fabrics in their space and and not locking into one type of wood color, one type of of, of fabric color. You know, the three pieces and the matching side tables are not a thing anymore. And so we really are seeing a lot of trends, but a trend is really a trend for about seven to eight years. And so a lot of clients are worried, like, I don't want to lock in. Right. But sometimes in the fear of locking in, they also lack uh, getting to that interest that they wanted or getting mm -hmm. that design style. So giving your designer a little bit of freedom, 
Paint is inexpensive. We can always repaint if you don't love it. But mm-hmm. giving us a little bit of freedom with paint um, and keeping some of those spaces a little um, a little more interesting with a little more variety. Right. And that way you last longer in your trends. Knoxville is about eight years behind trend. So if you use us, you're going to get eight years to catch up. And then you're going to also last for about five to seven more years. And by that time, your items have live their best life and are ready for replacement. So (laughs) I tell clients, don't worry about worrying about trends. Let us do what we do. You will love it much longer than if you, you don't take any risk. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Shay, what are, give us a couple of really important points about you guys and your team that you feel our listeners need to know about what you guys do that we haven't talked about. Yeah. I think one of the big questions I always get is I've not worked with a designer and I'm afraid and you know, making sure that you understand that we're not going to do what we want. This is about you and what you want, making sure you're happy. We're a small business. And so we still work off referrals. That's Mm -hmm. important to us. And so we want to make sure that you're happy and that you tell your friends and family about us. Um, We don't stay at the house the whole time. I will tell you a couple of the other things TV, they think we're going to hang out. We're not going to be there unless we need to be there. And uh, we charge by the hour. So unless you call us or you've asked us to take over something for you, we're not just going to bill you. So that's the other great thing. I think that's something people are afraid of. We we bill in 10-hour um, increments. And so uh, most projects are going to take the 10 hours. And so uh, by the time we do our first measure, we do some drawings or renderings if they need them. If they don't need them, we don't do them. Mm-hmm. And then we do a presentation. We meet. We we order everything. And then we go meet with the team to install. We set it up. We're there to accessorize. A lot of times we do accessory hauls. So we just bring things from the studio. We set it up. And the homeowner comes home to this beautiful space. They get a surprise. And then they go through and tell us what to take back. And so there's no, um, there's no pressure. We're not salesmen. We're not going to push you to to do something you're uncomfortable with, but we do the whole project. And so it's hard to do a room or a space without at least 10 hours. And so um, that's typically how we how we work. We're 1250 for those 10 hours. And so um, and then you just go by the hour afterwards. So if you need wow. 12 hours or 14 hours, that's all we use. And um, we have enough projects that we we don't, you know, we just we have a, a line typically to get to and so we just get the project done and then a lot of our clients will say can i just do do i have to do everything and the answer to that is no right. you know we work a space at a time mm. and so there's no again pressure for us to walk through we don't walk through and go oh that's got to go and that's got <laughs> we don't do that we say what are you looking to change what do you want and if there's anything sentimental or something that you're like I really need this piece to stay or I need this to stay. We work within those those boundaries to make sure you're happy. Well, and, you know, as you mentioned, right, 10 hours, it, uh, if you're 1250 and 10 hours, I mean, listen, when you think of that, I, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're just remodeling a bathroom. That is money well spent because literally what you're doing is removing the design pitfalls not the construction ones, but the mm-hmm. design pitfalls, you know, it, it, and I mean, so cost effective, It, in my opinion, right? It, it value is all about, all about the return. And, right. and at the end of the day, I tell people, one of my favorite phrases is it's stupid to spend a dollar to save a penny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's what we see in design, right? When somebody right. isn't consulting a professional, they, they end up doing that. They, because like you said, they're making trips, taking stuff back. Oh, that mm-hmm. didn't work. This didn't work. It didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out. And so just 
a great way to kind of alleviate those pitfalls. So, Shay, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, I, I, we could have talked for hours, and and I just I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you guys do. Hey, if you need some design help, call Shay and her team. You can reach them at 865-313-2656 or find them online at shaydesigns.com. That's it's, it's, I can't speak this morning. S-H-A-E designs.com. I shared that for all the people that may not know how to spell Shay. Right? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Shay, thank you again so much for being here. I, it's been such an awesome morning. And uh, listen, I love working with our designers because the customers are, are the ones that receive the benefits. So thank you so much for all you do. Hey, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back to kick off hour number two right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning and welcome to the second hour of Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology, locally owned and operated right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, hey, I've just got to tell you, we've got an unprecedented, we have never done anything like this before, ever, ever. But for the holidays, if uh, you get, if you, we get an approved estimate estimate from you before Christmas, we are actually discounting off the entire installation cost on residential alarm systems. Uh, again, this is unprecedented. We've never done it ever, ever, ever before. So uh, happy holidays. We're uh, feeling festive at His Security and Technology, hissecurity.com or 865-474-9495. So let's talk about some other things. We didn't get to my topic of the day earlier, so we're going to hit that real fast topic of the day well it's the holidays shipping deadlines mail deadlines today is a good day to get those greeting cards signed and in the mail as more people shop online every year fedex ups and the u.s postal service experience greater demand sometimes increased demands mean slower deliveries so now we have shipping deadlines for guaranteed delivery by december 25th i mean it's just crazy If you're sending something to someone in the armed forces, move fast and be ready to spend extra on postage. Today is the last day to send something by priority mail to the military. You have one week to get your Christmas cards and parcels in the mail. The posted deadline for first class mail is next Saturday, December the 16th. And what about other carriers like FedEx and UPS? FedEx Ground Economy can guarantee Christmas delivery when you ship before December the 13th. After that, the shipping rates get, well, a lot more expensive because you'll have to use different delivery options. UPS offers three-day and two-day air delivery, but you need to ship your items by December 19th to guarantee delivery in time for Christmas. Rates and schedules are available at UPS.com, FedEx.com, and USPS.com. All I got to tell you is this. Man almighty, the whole shipping thing is a whole nother... We, we could do probably three shows on shipping and, and lost packages and shipping delays and all that good stuff. So, but hey, just remember, if you need to get those Christmas cards, postcards out in the mail, they need to get out there as soon as possible. And um, I, I guess I'm going to make a personal note. My wife showed me our Christmas cards that she has for us to send out. So I guess I know what I'm doing this weekend. Signing Christmas cards. Anyway, welcome back to Around the House, second hour. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, 
The 55th annual Nativity Pageant of Knoxville kicks off today at 3 at the Civic Coliseum. Performance starts in darkness, so you are encouraged to arrive early, approximately 2.30. Enjoy the musical prelude and uh, be ready for the Nativity Pageant. It is free, by the way. While you're at the Nativity Pageant, drop by the Mary Costa Plaza outside the Coliseum for the Tour Delights Holiday Market. The event begins at 3.30. The bike ride starts at 5.30. If you're going to ride, you are required to pre-register. So, if you want to ride your bike, well, and it may not be raining by by that time, by the way. It starts at 5.30. It may be a break in the rain. Our Tennessee Vols are playing basketball at noon today on CBS. The Illinois Fighting Line are today's opponent. They're ranked in the top 20 and coming off a victory over 11th-ranked Florida Atlantic. This will be a very tough matchup for our Vols, but, hey, we got this. Let's go, guys. A few seats are available, uh, maybe. So get to the Food City Center. Be loud. Be proud. If you can't make the game, you can watch it on CBS or listen to the Vol Network on our sister station, WIVK. Hey, Care Cuts of Knoxville could really use your help providing warm coats, blankets, and sleeping bags for its clients. You can drop off your donations at Care Cuts at 519 William Street near Riga Square between 9 and 1 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Saturdays. Or Regions Bank on Bearden Hill is accepting donations during the weekday business hours. For more information about holiday events happening around town, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, as we said, the holidays bring families together each year. There's just something special about it. In the first hour, we talked with Shay Saber, founder of Shay Design Studios, about things you can do to, well, update your home's decor and be ready. In this hour, we're going to focus on the kitchen. I like the kitchen. Specifically, getting the most bang for your buck when it comes to feeding an army of guests. My next guest is an extension agent with the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture. She is a consumer science expert. You're going to have to tell us what that is, by the way. On food and nutrition at the Knox County Extension Office, Lauren Woods joins me in the studio to talk about shopping, cooking for the holidays, and, well, leftovers, because we all have lots of them. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I, I hope my wife is not listening, because if she is, she'll make sure that I know how wrong I am on our food storage, but... That's a whole nother conversation <laughs> we'll talk about later. Uh, so, uh, all right, you, you got You got to tell us what this is. A consumer science expert. What? What is that? So I am a family consumer science agent with the University of Tennessee. And basically, family consumer science kind of encompasses anything that has to do with the home. Um, we used to call it home ec. You know, when we were in ah. school, we took home ec. They now call it family consumer sciences. <laughs> and basically, it's an entire study around the way that our homes work and how to be healthy, how to spend your money appropriately, how to save your money appropriately. But I get to specialize in foods and nutrition. So I do everything with um, nutrition, food safety, and a little bit of physical activity too. Wow. Okay. First and foremost, thank you. That is (laughs) awesome because I'm a prodigy of home ec, one through four yeah and foods one through four so when i was in high school we're not gonna talk about when that was <laughs> but you know i took those electives i, I took those fills i had my own, own reasons but i'm gonna tell you what they have been so serving for me my entire life that has just been amazing so thank you for that i know we thank hear 
all the time. Um, and, and I don't know. I'm, I've got one that's getting ready to start high school next year. So I'll oh, find dear. out. I'll find out what the curriculum really is. <laughs> but we hear continually that these are things that are so much needed that our, our youth need to understand how to do these home tasks and, and, and learn how to budget for them and prepare for them. So I, I'm, thank you. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad well, thank that you. that's happening. So, well, let's talk about some of that. How how can we best plan for, uh, I mean, not just the holidays, but for really in general, what are some of the best tools that we can use and what do we need to look at? I think one of the first things that people need to do, and none of us like to think about it, but we need to look at what money is actually coming into mm-hmm. our home. So we have fixed expenses. You know, you know, you have a mortgage or rent or something coming up. You know, you may have a car payment and take all of those things out of there. And before you actually look at your fun money, you know, the money I'm going to spend at the Christmas market at Tour Delights this afternoon, <laughs> you look at, well, what can I spend on food for my family for the next week? What do I normally spend? And sometimes, you know, it may take you a week or two or three to figure out what a normal budget is for you. It sounds like you have a high schooler or a soon, yeah, a soon to be mm, high schooler yeah. that may be eating you out of house and home. So your budget may be much higher than my budget where, you know, it's me and three dogs that stare at me for all their food. <laughs> um, so you have to figure out what you're going to spend. And then the next thing you need to do is price shop and price compare. Um, you know, different stores have different prices. It's not always worth going to a bunch of different stores just mm. to get the cheapest deals. But if you live in an area where you're close to a bunch of different stores, you right. can actually pull up an app now and see, you know, I want to make a roast this week. So who has the cheapest roast? Um, but that kind of leads into after you plan your budget, one of the biggest things you need to do after that is plan your menu. Mm. And maybe that sounds boring to people. I love food. My background is in culinary arts. I'm a registered dietitian. So one of the things that I love to do is think about food, think about what I'm going to eat later. Um, mm. oh, that sounds kind of boring uh, when you put it that way. No, but. It, no wait a minute. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this because my, my tummy's grumbling. No. Sorry, I digress. No, no. But um, looking at what you want to eat during the week so you know what you want to mm. buy during the week. We have staples like peanut butter, milk, eggs that we get, um, you know, deli meats. But if you want spaghetti on Wednesday night, if you want tacos on Tuesday and you don't want to have to go to a restaurant to go get those, you need to know what you're going to spend ahead of time and then make your menu and make your grocery list. Um, but of course, you know what the cardinal rule of grocery shopping is, right? Uh, have somebody else do it. <laughs> have somebody else do it. That's not a bad <laughs> idea. Never go hungry. Oh, yes. Oh, golly. Absolutely. Because that's when you you do your grocery shopping and then you get in the car and you're like, well, I'm hungry and I'm tired. I'm going to mm. go through Taco Bell instead. So, Yeah. You know, it, it never, it, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard on, on my fitness goals and my mm-hmm. dietary goals. And, uh, the worst thing that ever happens is when my wife and I go to the store and one of the two of us is hungry. Oh yeah. Cause we end up with more junk than, than we need. Of course we blame it on the kids. So luckily we have two <laughs> kids that we can blame it on, but you know, we're my wife. That's my, that's, that's the famous story is, well, I'm getting it for one of the kids. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't go hungry. Don't go hungry. That's where 
<clears throat> all the millions of dollars in marketing that the supermarkets spend, that's when that really comes into play, right? That end cap is loaded with the, uh, I'm at the store hungry. Absolutely. <laughs> Those impulse buys, that's when you take your budget and you have bought all of these amazing things. And then you see a half ounce bag of beef jerky for $10 mm. and you're like, well, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. It doesn't sound bad today. <laughs> so, Hey, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, Lauren is going to help us put together the best plan to be able to prepare your holiday meal, but not just for the holidays. This is going to be long-lasting information to help you, well, keep your house on budget and, well, help you with those plans for meals and feeding not just the masses, but yourself every day as we go through. Hey, if you've got questions or comments, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I got my first real six string, it at the five and done. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp, and with me in studio is Lauren Woods. She is a... Uh, extension agent for at ut and um if you were listening in the first segment culinary expert (laughs) we're uh you know consumer science expert which we now know is for old people like me is home ec so we don't call that old we call that seasoned seasoned yeah yeah that's 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 yeah Um, (laughs) well done maybe i don't know about seasoned anyway we are here to help you prepare for well maybe you're getting ready to have the whole entire family come in for christmas and you need to prepare the meals and so lauren is going to help us to be able to do that and not only prepare the meals budget for the meals have it all ready to go and then what i want to talk about is leftovers because who doesn't love leftovers anyway richie are you getting hungry in there yet because i mean this is making me hungry man i i we should have asked for samples, Lauren. I'll I'll make sure to make a note of that. I'll do that next time. <laughs> Eddie, right. Uh, I digress, I, as I normally do. So when we were uh, in our first segment, we were talking about how you could prepare that budget, understand what you need, um, and then start doing some some basic price shopping to see where to go. It and I'm I'm one of those that. I used to do that a lot, and I found myself spending more money in gas, time, and energy to go to that other store to save 50 cents than, well, probably what it cost me to get there. And my analogy that I, I love to use all the time is we can spend a dollar to save a penny, and doesn't make sense. So I was actually going to quote you. I was listening to the um, session before me, and you said that, and I thought that was such a wonderful saying because we do that in so many ways, especially mm-hmm. with food. Yes. I mean, whether it, it, here's the thing, life's busy. Very. And I I mean, I'm a dad, I'm a family guy. And so time is the one thing that I never have enough of. Oh no. And I will tell you what, I I will pay extra to save time. 
You know, and that is a that is a concept that we actually talk about in the classes that I teach with UT is time poverty. So, you know, we think of poverty as just money, but time poverty is also a huge issue for a lot of us. You know, you go to work, you go to school, you pick up the kids, you have 30 minutes to fix a meal. What do you do? That's why shows like, you know, Rachel Ray's show, mm-hmm. the 30-minute meals, were yeah. so popular because none of us have enough time to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that well, people like myself can do to help maximize that time, especially shopping? So picking a day where you sit down and you come up with your menu, like I mentioned earlier, um, but picking a day where you food prep. So if Mm -hmm. Sunday is your free time, you know, maybe you go to church in the morning and then you go to the grocery store and that's kind of your ritual. If you can pick some time in that afternoon to carve out to make your make your grocery list, don't go hungry, you know, go after (laughs) lunch, Um, but make sure that you set aside some time to prep some things in advance, even if it's, you know, maybe not cooking full meals and putting them in our little containers pretending that we're going to the gym every single day. Uh, But if you take some time to maybe cut up your vegetables for the week in advance or maybe cut up some fruit snacks in advance or something like that, that's going to help you save a lot of time throughout the week. Because if you just have to grab a bag of, you know, carrots and celery out of your refrigerator and throw it in a pot instead Mm. of actually having to cut it up and do all of that, it's going to save you, you know, 15, 20 minutes on the front end at least. Well, in... So, of course, I like technology. So, uh, one of the things my wife and I use is a shared shopping list. Oh, that's great. Um, So, that way, when we go to the store, at least we know what we want to get. And that helps avoid the the hunger issue or the (laughs) looking at the extras. But, and we do that. We, we, for the most part, well, uh, okay, it's not really we. My wife, she does that more than anybody. But we uh, we do Taco Tuesday. We've got kids. The spaghetti is always a hit. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, before we go to the store and as that list is being made, it is thinking about, okay, what are we going to have for, for meals this, this coming week? And I, to me, I mean, that was a foreign concept for a while because I just go to the store and, you know, hey, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. And that's the problem, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've caught myself doing this where you don't really know what you want to do for the week. And so every single day you're having to stop by the store to pick up something, you know, oh, I forgot garlic. Oh, I forgot pasta. Oh, I forgot ground beef. Then you have wasted, you know, another hour of your life going to the grocery store when you could have done it all in one fell swoop. Mm. That that is that is not something that we're going to do. No. My my wife and I both hate having to go to, I mean... (laughs) You know, um, all right. So I, I'm I'm gonna kind of jump off because I'm 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 selfish. I want to talk about my own personal stuff. So <laughs> fruit fruit uh, preservation. Okay, we my kids they're fruitaholics. We, we go through fruit in my house like nothing. And my wife has found this great idea that she uses to clean the fruit when we come home, and it one of these internet hacks mm-hmm. <clears throat> to help that fruit stay longer. What are there things that we can do when we get that fruit from the store? I mean, let's face it, depending on what store you go to, it may last a couple of days. What, what can we do to help prepare our food to last longer? 
I think one of the things, too, um, is storing things appropriately. You know, Hmm. when you have something like an apple, you don't store it in the refrigerator, right? Because it makes it kind of mealy and not as it doesn't taste as good if you keep it in the refrigerator. Um, But storing things appropriately. So different fruits stored together can make other fruit ripen. You have Hmm. to be careful with that. Bananas are notorious. If you put them in with anything, it's going to make your fruit go bad. Um, I caution against washing it immediately when you get home because you do kind of quicken that ripening process somewhat but then there are some things you know like bananas that it's really not going to hurt it because it's in a peel and you're kind of washing off that ethylene gas that it that it's Mm. you that's used to ripen them um but uh, storing them appropriately don't store them in airtight containers um Mm. if they're not cut now if you're cutting things in advance of course airtight container in the refrigerator that's going to help it last longer um if you are storing cut produce using a little bit of lemon juice or vitamin c powder is going to help um but that'll keep it from going brown too fast too so all right yep well we uh we, we use my wife uses this uh water and vinegar basically just a simple wash and uh and then dry make sure the fruit gets dry strawberries in particular strawberries are like i mean that's a staple Oh, they're a nightmare they go bad so quickly in your refrigerator they do they do and so but again my wife is she she loves researching things and so she found this this little hack and we have found that literally when we get our strawberries, when she's able to do that, they'll last about three days longer by doing that. But it, and it's just, you know, it's one of those weird little things that, that helps to preserve it just a little bit longer. That's great. I actually, um, I bought a lot of strawberries earlier in the spring when they were in season and um, looked up a bunch of different ways to try to make them last longer. Because like I said, strawberries, they go bad so quickly. And that was actually one of the things that popped up was mixing water and vinegar and kind of washing them. But then, of course, the biggest part of that is making sure that they dry completely before you throw them back in the refrigerator. And that's true of all produce. So if you do wash it, um, I usually tell, with the exception of something like a strawberry that you're trying to get to last longer, but, you know, your zucchini, your squash, different things. If you wash them before you put them in the refrigerator and they're still wet, the Mm. odds that they go bad faster is a lot higher, especially if there's any water sitting on the surface. So things like that, I always caution people to wash before they use it instead of like right away. But with the strawberries, I believe the water vinegar method was one of the ones that came out on top when I was trying to research how to keep my strawberries lasting longer. Well, I can tell you from experience, it works. Yeah, it works. But you're but that is the key is the drying. Yes, it's you. Uh, I mean, it, it it it's a whole process. But and again, like I said, my kids, their staple is strawberries. Oh, that's great. It doesn't matter. It's every day <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> so we struggle sometimes because strawberries aren't always readily available. No. And, and obviously they're not always in season, um, but you can always find them. So anyway, so just to that's one of the hacks that we have used that has worked really good for preserving our strawberries. I'm going to have to uh, try that. So, I, you know, I told you, I, 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 I dive <laughs> down these rabbit holes. We just, you know, who knows where we're going to end up. Um, anyway, so with all that being said, we are up against a short break. Okay. But when we come back, we are, we're diving in to Christmas and that holiday meal. And we're going to go through that process and how, how you can make, this year holiday meal a 
a success in your home and not a stress in your home because that's what's the most important. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 987 WOKI. All right, all right, here we go. I've prolonged this process long enough. Welcome back to Around the House. My guest this morning, Lauren Woods, is going to, well, she's going to help you have that stress-free cooking holiday plan if you follow the plan, right? Isn't that the key? Yeah, follow your plan. Got to follow the plan. All right, Lauren, well, here we go. Uh, So you helped us to get a budget. We've got it. We've made a list, right? So what... Menu. I mean, look, turkey, ham. I mean, it's Christmas, right? What are some What are some of the main menu items? I would say some of the biggest things we see, you know, my family, we do finger foods on Christmas Eve because um, we do, you know, the big ham and Thanksgiving turkey and all of that back in November. But um, most families, they do have some sort of some sort of Christmas dinner. And so a turkey or a ham or, you know, maybe someone's getting really wild and has a Christmas goose, um, which I have never, Ooh. never actually had. So I can't speak to that experience. But you have those things. You have your candied yams. You have your mashed potatoes. Green bean casserole makes a reappearance at mm. Christmas just like it, you know, pops up every year around November and then we forget it exists in January. Um, but so like those pumpkin are, spice. Kind of like pumpkin spice, although I never forget about pumpkin spice. Let's be honest. But no, um, it's pretty It's pretty traditional for some families. Maybe you do a roast chicken or a roast turkey, but usually ham's on the menu. So it's going to look a little similar probably to your Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner. So what are some things that we can do to, again, to help alleviate the stress? I, I know there's got to be a lot of prep work that we can do so that when cooking day comes, we can make this, well, easier. Well, let's talk turkey. If we're going to be honest, that's probably the biggest thing that stresses people out around the holidays Mm -hmm. is trying to make sure your turkey is thawed and ready. Um, Getting your meats thawed ahead of time. So if you have a frozen ham, you have a frozen turkey, making sure those are in the refrigerator and actually thawing two, three days ahead of when you're actually going to cook them is imperative because they do not thaw quickly. If you Mm -hmm. wait until the last minute, you'll have a frozen rock of a turkey. Ain't that the truth. And then anything that you can prep ahead of time. So those casseroles, like green bean casseroles, sweet potato casserole, they're going to taste better if they sit longer before you bake them anyway. So if you can do those the two, three days leading up to the big event, that's going to leave a lot of room for you to have a little more relaxing time on your holiday or be able to, you know, not uh, not snip at your family on Thanksgiving or Christmas <laughs> when you're when you're trying to get everything in the oven or get everything ready at once. Well, it, I mean, it, and that's you mentioned one of the big things, right? Most of us, w- w- there's usually, you know, one oven. We might have a double oven, right? Because that's been the all the rage in design. So oh, I wish maybe you even have a double oven. But still, even with that, there's so many different things you've got to get in and out at different temperatures, and and so. Having a plan to know what's going in where and when it's going in. So like turkey, right? Right. I mean, after it cooks, it needs to rest. Yeah. So when it's resting is, well, that's when something else goes in the oven, right? Absolutely. Um, So turkey usually needs to rest 20 to 30 minutes after it hops out of the oven. So something that you can put in there, maybe it's rolls, maybe it's a quick casserole, like a sweet potato casserole that's not going to take long to heat up. 
And the other thing is, you know, making sure that you're not pulling something straight from the refrigerator. It's okay food safety wise for something to sit out 30 minutes before you actually throw it in the oven. So if you can get it, you know, to warm up just a little bit, it's going to help your oven recover faster. It's going to help that cook faster as well. There's, there's the good tip right there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, don't just take it straight from the fridge. No. And throw it in the oven. Yeah. That hurts your oven. That hurts the other food that you're throwing it in there with. So, well, and I'm, I'm going to share what I learned in foods many years ago, <laughs> right? Is that it affects the bake. Oh yeah. So when it comes straight from a refrigerator and it goes into the oven, you, you, even though it's at the same temperature, now the difference consistencies causes a difference in that bake. Absolutely. So where if it's set out at room temperature, um, it there's some settling that occurs, and so it bakes more evenly. Absolutely. See there, I did learn something. You in did foods learn class. something in foods class, and you know that kind of goes for the reverse. And we'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But when you go to store things later, throwing hot things in your refrigerator, mm. it destroys the entire environment in your refrigerator. Hmm. Well, I don't even know. If we want to talk about refrigerator. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, what are some of the main things? So, let's say we've got the big feast going on. We've got a, a sweet potato casserole, a green bean casserole. What are some of the things that we can kind of have cooked ready? And then, how do we keep those warm? without ruining them while we wait to finish up that turkey and warm up those rolls. Well, if you are lucky enough to have a double oven, this is where this really comes in handy. So if you can set that for 165 to 200 degrees and be able to keep things warm in a double oven, that Mm. would be absolutely amazing. Since most of us don't necessarily have that luxury, we are, um, we are, sort of stuck with making sure that we're good with our time and temperature. Mm. So, you know, I said you pull the turkey out and you put other things in. There's other things that can sit out with the turkey. So, again, those really thick casseroles are going to hold heat really Mm. well. So they will, uh, you know, they will do well sitting outside covered tightly so that they're not losing a whole lot of heat. Um, You know, if you bake a turkey in a bag, don't open up the bag until you're ready to actually carve your turkey. Those types of things to kind of help insulate that heat. If it's a covered casserole, keeping it covered is going to help a lot. Um, And of course, what you bake in is going to help a lot. Mm -hmm. So if you're baking in something really thin, like those aluminum disposable pans, heat's going to escape a lot faster than if you're baking in like a piece of stone or something that's glass hmm. so yeah that, that glass glass and stoneware is definitely going to hold that heat mm-hmm. and uh yeah i, I i'm a uh, i'm trying to say this in the in the right way <laughs> but I, I have learned from experience let's just put it that way that when you remove it from the oven and it is in a container that holds heat it mm-hmm. does continue to cook it while does. it's sitting out so um be mindful of that right don't Absolutely. just <clears throat> don't just wait until it's fully cooked and then you're going to let it sit there for another 30 minutes. Right. So, oh, absolutely. Um, all right. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cover one of my wife's pet peeves, oh, no. safe handling of raw meats. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about that. Oh yeah. So this kind of goes back to that Turkey too. Um, but it, it's applicable across any of your raw meats. A lot of people, the first thing they want to do is wash off 
your poultry. Don't do that. Please don't wash your poultry before you put any of your seasonings on there. You can pat it down um, with paper towels, but when you wash your poultry, you actually are more likely to introduce bacteria to your food than if you just leave it alone. And you're also likely to splash that little bit of poultry juice all over Mm. your kitchen. Yeah. Sorry, honey. I love you. I love you. You're right. I won't do it again. <laughs> See, at least you can admit when you're wrong. Right? Uh, that's true. That's true. And sometimes, like for me, sometimes I just, some things are just out of habit. Oh, um, yeah. You know, uh, turkey is for one of those, like when I take it out of the package, like, you know, we all have our things, right? And I'm like, I got to rinse this thing off. Right. I got to rinse this thing off. And I know I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> anyway, um, there you go. All right. So. Turkey, poultry, obviously poultry is the big one, right? Don't don't rinse. Yeah, don't There's rinse no it. No reason to don't rinse, rinse it. any of it. Any of your raw meats, you don't have to rinse them. So, <clears throat> I like to season my turkey, and so a lot of times there's a lot of handling of oh, that yeah. turkey, preparing and the seasonings, a little rub, a little butter, a little thing like that, and uh, I it. it I'm at least grown up enough to know I need to go wash my hands before I touch something else. But that's step one. It is step one, isn't it? Yeah. Step two, right, is making sure that when you're doing that, even even if you're just putting on seasoning and and slicing some butter and sticking it in there, you still got to be mindful of the environment around you. Oh yeah, and that cross contamination. So you know that's one of those things with butter. You got to you got to really commit with the butter with the turkey, you know, get out what you're going to use and use all of it so that you're not trying to save that little piece that your turkey hands have been in. <laughs> well, it in that cross contamination is is you know, it it's so vital cuz uh, again, it, you know, w- we just kind of get in the habit. We get in there, right? I'm slicing you're slicing butter and you're putting some in your turkey. Oh yeah. And then uh, you know, Oh, I need to make a little slit in that turkey, slide that butter in, and now that that knife has got, well, it's got raw turkey juice on it. Yeah, you can't turn around and use it on something else because of that. And you have to be careful with your cutting boards, too. Most people don't realize that you're not supposed to put meat on uh, wooden cutting boards, but wooden wooden cutting boards are porous. Hmm. And so if you have raw meat on them, the odds of actually being able to get all of those meat juices out of a wooden board are pretty slim. So, you know, you're supposed to either commit to your cutting board and, you know, only use it forever that way, but you're still going to gather bacteria. Um or, you know, make sure you have cutting boards for every occasion. Some of them come color-coded now. Right. Um, so you'll have your red cutting board for your meats, your blue for your fish, your yellow for your chicken. So you can create your own little system, but just make sure you're not using using uh, wooden cutting boards for those. And make sure that you're cleaning them in between so that you're not accidentally getting, you know, raw meats on your on your veggies. Mm, yeah. Well, and, you know, wood cutting boards in particular, right? I mean, they're, they're oiled and... And, and prepared so now you really don't want to be washing those in a, in a heavy detergent you know no. you want to be able to rinse those off so you want to make sure obviously uh meats and stuff and, and it's one of the things at least we do rather well is is obviously with our cutting board making sure and and we like to think that having them that we can put them in the dishwasher oh, right because we can get them in that high heat and that high pressure wash and uh hopefully that's a good a good plan and that that is good except for for your wooden ones that water tends to get in there and it actually shortens the life of your wooden cutting board mm-hmm. so you got to be careful with that yeah uh i have a i have an old hand-me-down wooden rolling pin oh i love that 
And, uh, and that's, you know, but that's one of the things, right. Is, is when we use that rolling pin, r- rolling out dough, et cetera, is making sure that it gets a quick rinse and, and make sure it gets a dry because again, it is, it's porous and you don't want anything that's wood like that, right. like, whether it's a utensil or a cutting board or whatever, anything that's wood that way, you don't want to be washing with soap constantly. Right. Um, which again, you, you need to think about where you're using that wood cutting. Board Absolutely. For. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the best part of any big meal. And it's my favorite part. And that's the leftovers. You know, <laughs> Lauren alluded to it earlier by letting some of these things sit out before they go into the oven. And by preparing some of these things earlier, they have a better flavor. And we've all, we've all heard it. We've all said it, right? There is nothing better than leftover turkey from Thanksgiving, at least if it was cooked right to begin with. But the flavors, because they have time to continue to marinate in those flavors. So we're going to talk about leftovers, how to prepare those leftovers, how to store those leftovers, and most importantly, when to make sure that they get packed up <laughs> to keep them safe. We'll talk about all those things when we return right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. There's one thing I can guarantee you, and that is... Probably none of you have had as much fun as I have today. Uh, my first guest, Shay Sieber, talking about design. And this hour's guest, Lauren Woods from UT Extension. Um, I, I Apparently, I just like food. So um, talking about food is always fun for me. But, I, you know, having a plan, a plan is always essential. And whether it's just going to the store, whether it's preparing for the week, or it's preparing for a huge meal like many of us are going to be doing here in a couple of weeks for Christmas. Um, A good plan usually is going to help alleviate some of that stress. Absolutely. Um, I, I for one, uh, I I can, okay, uh, no tend to. I, I, I get usually pretty stressed when it's cooking time because I've got so many things going on in so many different spots and and it at some point in time it all comes to a head and i'm like ah this is a couple minutes here this is a couple minutes there and so thank you for helping me because through our conversations learning that things do better with rust right oh they do just like we all do we all do better when we rest a little bit i think that's very important because um as my wife likes to remind me, it's just food, chill out, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm picky. I'm very picky. I, I don't, I, I don't want my meat overdone. I don't like things overcooked, you know? And so it, it's a, it's an important piece to me. I enjoy cooking. I like to cook. And so I take great pride in that. And I want to make sure that like when we did our Turkey at Thanksgiving, that it come out just right. Oh yeah. I mean, my mother was here and, and she's like, I think this is, this is probably the moistest turkey I've ever had. 
you know i mean that's like that's the best compliment i can have oh absolutely especially that turkey you know uh, look i will i will share my trade secret <laughs> we recently we we built a house about three years ago and they put in this double oven this smart Ooh. double oven and it has the cooking probe and that I, is great. And I use the cooking probe. And the only time I've ever used it is with a turkey. And I will tell you what, every turkey that I've cooked using that cooking probe has been phenomenal. That is awesome because it gives you a heads up. You don't have to keep opening the oven and letting all the heat out mm-hmm. and letting the turkey drop in temperature. That is awesome. That thing, it tells you what the temperature is. It tells you how long it's expected to be in the oven, Mm -hmm. which to me is one of my favorite because as I'm preparing everything else, the mashed potatoes and you get it, I want to know how long do I have? Yeah. Right? So um, that's my my trade secret right there. I like that. That's a good secret. So anyway, um, all right. Leftovers. Leftovers are always i i love leftovers after a big meal like that it's normally what i eat lunch for the next several days oh yeah probably a few days too long so (laughs) how soon do we need to get these items in the refrigerator and how long are they good for so as soon as your food comes out of the oven you have about a two hour time clock you want to get that food back into storage containers but in in about two hours so you uh, And then once you actually get it in the storage containers, depending on what it is, the most you're going to be able to keep something is about five to seven days. Usually five days is probably the safest way to to keep things. Um, but And then when you're reheating too, you want to make sure things get up to 165 degrees because that's going to kill off any of the bacteria it may have picked up ahead of time. Um, but yeah, two hours. I know that we all probably grew up with the Thanksgiving feast that's sitting out on your counter for hours and hours <laughs> after you eat. Um, but for safety reasons, two hours is about where you want to make sure everything gets back in the fridge. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe a wonder that I'm still alive. All of us. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, when I was a kid, we would, I, my my mother was great about leaving things out. Oh yeah, and she learned that from her mother uh, because of the era and the time that they grew up. But if it was cooked meat, like it would be sitting in a baggie or a container, sitting on the counter. Oh yeah, and you were expected to eat it. Yep, and that so, did not go to waste. No, you didn't waste anything. No, uh, you did not. No. Uh, speaking of waste, I, I do just want to say this: last week uh, we had second harvest on. Oh, great. And we uh, uh, just the other day was double donation, double day as I coined it on Thursday. (laughs) But one of the things that I talked about in my household that we're going to do, because, you know, I grew up in the era of you clean your plate. Oh, right. And that's not necessarily healthy if you're trying to maintain your figure. Um. And and that has caused me problems right. uh, in life, right? By doing that, so our kids, we don't force them to. You got to clean your plate, right? We try to be mindful. We try to give them enough, and if they want more, they can get more. And so, but what we've decided to do is that we are going to be a monthly contributor to Second Harvest, so that the food that we throw away we are going to replenish that back to Second Harvest. Oh, that's incredible. So uh, that was one of the great things that came out of our conversation last week. That is incredible. Um, but 
but speaking of that, right, let's talk about nutrition a little bit. Um, I, as we, where I was telling you, my daughter eats phenomenal. I mean, cucumbers and tomatoes, her favorite. I'll never forget as she was a little kid, we would take her to birthday parties and all the kids wanted cake. And she's like, do you have a fruit tray? <laughs> I mean, I kid you not. So um, real quick, uh, we've got about a minute left. What are, what's, what's a couple of really good tips on eating healthy? So I would make sure that you have some sort of green vegetable available, you know, even if it's just a salad or a salad with, you know, Mm -hmm. some fun things in there, different cheeses and dried fruits. Um, If you are someone who enjoys salad, you can fill up a little bit on that first and then go for the rest of the fun stuff. So you don't eat a bunch of really calorie dense foods dry off the bat. Um, And, you know, not all of your vegetables. I will say that I love a good, you know, vegetable casserole at the holidays, um, but not all of your vegetables have to be in casserole form. So Mm. whatever vegetable your family likes, make sure if it's green beans or broccoli or whatever, make sure you have that available and that people actually fill up on it and put Putting that stuff kind of first in your buffet line on your counter is going to help with uh, help with people getting too much on their plate and not being able to eat those green vegetables. So put those first. There you go. That's how you can keep your figure through the holiday munchies, right? Try. Hey, if you've missed part of today's show and you want to listen again, there's a link on my website. Just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ATH radio tab, or you can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search for Around the House with Scott Brokamp. I want to thank my guests for being with us today, Shea Sieber, an interior designer and founder of Shea Design Studio, and Lauren Woods from Knox County Extension Agent with UT. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Next week will be our final live show of the year. Be sure to tune in. We'll ask a couple of ex- experts to look into the crystal ball and tell us how the housing market may change in 2024. Thanks so much for listening this morning. I hope you enjoy some quality time around the house today.